Hey, Internet people, this is Lady Sussex here. If you are new to this channel, this is a brand new channel, brand new podcast. Um, it's a sad day for me today. I am, I don't even know how to start, but um, I am upset. I'm angry, very emotional. Like Megan, I have been suicidal. And to hear the press today focusing on colorism, completely forgot this woman talking about how close she was to take her life and her unborn child at that time. And some of the media included UK folks. Don't believe her. They think she was acting. They think she was putting on a show. What they don't understand is how dangerous that is to not believe someone who talk about mental health and that's so bad that they're willing to take their life in an unborn child. What about these people who are now, perhaps maybe tonight, a week from now, who thinking about doing the same thing that Megan was thinking about, that I was thinking about at a time, and who want help, and maybe perhaps asking for help, and they didn't receive it or would not receive it or scared to ask for it just because they hear what you guys said. This is very, very dangerous. I wonder how Alexander McQueen, one of the greatest designer in all time, very young, very promising. I wonder when he took his life What if he did talk to somebody and didn't listen? What if they had ignored him? Kate Spade, the great Kate Spade, left a daughter. No one knows this woman was suffering. And maybe they did. And they do nothing about it. Caroline Flax. The same thing. And I could go on and on and on. Seriously, guys. You guys say you care about the queen. You love the queen. I understand. And you want to defend her. I understand. But if you love your queens that much, you love the monarchy that much, ask yourself this question. You spent a whole year trashing the queen you love so much, the woman that you love so much, grandchild, great-great-grandchild. Don't you think that will have an effect on her? 
Now you're talking about how she's 93. And look what she's going through. Look what they are putting her through. But you guys did that. You spent years trashing. Talking about that you know what sort of, you know, sort of people that you know what who's talking in the palace. People are doing this. At no time, I've never heard you guys say, you know what, enough. The queen is 93. She does not need to deal with this kind of stress. I never heard that. Seriously, guy, when is it going to be enough? Is enough? When are you guys going to see people as a human being? Whether or not they are rich, whether or not they have money, whether or not that they are successful. You don't know what someone is going through. Money is not the key of happiness. I am offended because this is personal for me. Well, by the grace of God, I am here today to be able to speak with you guys. But there was a time it was dark for me. I come from, I come from a great family. And some may say, well off. It was never about money. It was never about success. It was personal. It was how I was made to be feel. Issues that were deep. So yes, I hope someone hear my voice today. I hope you guys apologize because there could be someone tonight who will take their life. This is hard for me. And I want the press to apologize for what they put us, all of us through. At first they tell us, Megan make Kate cry. And you guys know it was not true. What were you guys trying to do? You guys tell us that, you know, this woman broke protocol by not wanting to take pictures after giving birth. As long as that is, that is something that, you know, she would have done. But you guys tell her that she's not protected. She wouldn't be protected. Her child wouldn't be protected. But you guys don't worry about that. What if she was standing up and then she got shot? What if she had got murdered? But that's not what you guys do lost. You say, is that how dare she to put protocol? You guys also tell us that when they decide to leave that the queen was blindsided. Was she? Because the queen on statement says, after many months of talk, she is sad to say 
that they will believe. But that's not what you guys told us. You also tell us that you know what? They did not want a title for their child. You guys make fun of Archie names. But now we find out that is not the case, that black child did not deserve a title. Why are you guys not asking why? Why not? So for me, I think it is really important as we're moving forward that you guys hold Harry and Meghan an apology. The abuse this woman take from you guys. have caused her death and Archie thank God now they are on the other side but are they because the conversation that's going on right now scares me this is hard But I have some guests here with me, and they've been with me since I started this podcast. This is my third. I think it was important for me to get my voice out there because I couldn't stand in the sideline anymore. I have been a supporter of Meghan and Harry since 2016. I've listened. I've see, support their endeavor. I support their charity. I won't say I was scared or I was fear to be involved and say something. No, that was not the case. It just I, I didn't know what to say. And I didn't know how to say it. But I know I wanted to say something. Some people may say, well, you know, it's too late now. They're in a better place. Yes, they are. And I am so happy they are safe. But I am not so sure if we don't stand up, if we don't say that, you know what? Hell no, what happened to his mom not going to happen to his wife. If we don't rally around them, and said, enough. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. This is me not being the end of it all. Whatever. And it hurt me to say those words. I could not see. Of retaliation anywhere for the kind of hatred 
that I've here stood. The lack of empathy. For every each one of us, especially women of colors, that come out that war same thing is because we seen ourselves. For those of us that were mixed race or have families that were biracial, this is personal for us. I hope, for God's sake, you guys take a minute and actually think before you getting in the air and say this horrible thing. You're not just only hurting Megan and Harry. Think about how many people that you know you may be hurting. Your co-workers, the black friends you claim you, you have. Maybe your family's husband or wife. Maybe you have some barriers in your family. They're not exempt from that. So I hope you guys think about it. This is bigger than Megan and Harry. And I think what we all say, what we are screaming about is that we have enough. As you see on what happened on, you know what show I'm talking about? This man walk. How funny that he spent what? The last four years trashing this woman. Talk about this woman in a way that I don't even know how is that acceptable in a network like that. But yet was not willing to stand around when he was challenged and walk off. And I am so happy to hear that, you know, he walked off forever, hopefully forever. I'm not a racist, yeah, I'm not a racist, I'm not this, I'm not that. But you certainly say racist thing. You certainly say thing racist, racist think you are racist by saying racist thing. I don't know who or how many people that will be listening to my voice. This is a brand new channel barely three or four subscribe but i hope one day if not today if not tomorrow a week from now someone happened to turn on and listen to my voice maybe they could save someone so this is personal and I am hurting because we depend to the media. So much of our lives, it's anchored, whether wherever you get your news. And the hope is what they are saying to you is the truth. They have the power to change our mind. They have the power to make us feel. They have the power to make us hate. 
That is a huge responsibility. And you guys should shame of yourself for not uphold that kind of trust people put on you guys. I will introduce my guest now, Charles and George. You both heard the Queen make a statement. What did you guys think of it? Well, <clears throat> the first thought was just that it was incredibly short. Um, It seemed like, um, given the gravity of the situation and the gravity of what was shared in the interview, that it probably warranted um, a more thoughtful and in-depth response. Um, I thought it was... Um, I thought it could have been worse. I mean, I think that at least they, they acknowledged that what was said needed to be taken seriously, but at the same point, it kind of um, challenged that <laughs> by saying that um, recollections may vary. So I think there, if if for it to be fully taken seriously and for it to be given the the um, the attention and the seriousness that it deserves, it almost needed to not focus on how recollections may vary in this initial response. Charles. Personally, I think they swept it under the rug, honestly. Uh, they had to say something. Uh, they're not known to be very vocal. They're not known to actually make public statements very often. But considering the, uh, the gravity of the situation and the uproar that it's called globally, really, um, you know, I think they felt compelled that they had to say something. I mean, again, you know, three quarters of the empire or what's left of it, the Commonwealth, Uh, you know, or nations of color. So they clearly had to say something. But again, you know, one, it was just kind of the you know, half-assed apology that has, uh, as George had mentioned. Um, but also, what you're also speaking to is the fact that, you know, they said they're going to keep it in the family. It's going to be something they're going to discuss themselves and work it out. So to me, that says that, okay, well, they're going to, you know, they tell you that they're going to handle it, but, you know, the the... The royal's way of handling it basically is to not handle it. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Is that that ending it on a, uh, handling it privately is is kind of the um, the thing that I, I guess really, if when you think about it, takes all of the air out of it, takes all of the um, this the seriousness which with that it could have. Um, It kind of eliminates that because if you don't have the transparency, if it's not something that's out in the forefront in the public eye, then there's no way of knowing what it really is. But yeah, but they had that opportunity. They had that chance to deal with it behind closed door. Harry asked to speak to his grandma, was supposed to be meeting his grandmother. And they said the queen wasn't available after he was told that the queen will meet him because he wanted to talk to his grandmother. 
his father stop accepting his school. All of it has been months and months and months of talking. They leak the information out. They all knew that was not what Harry wanted. What killing me about the whole situation is, and then no one is not talking about, we know there is a lot of people that don't like the fact that, you know what, Megan is a part of the royal family. That the royal family is now having a black friends and their safety should have been their priority their safety should have been the most important things regardless what anyone says after all they sell us on the idea of they were going to modern, you know modernize and that's what Megan was supposed to be doing and then didn't even give her a chance to do that. I'm not sure what that mean modernize. Modernize how? I called the show Megan Marco a real life Cinderella. Please tell me this is not the case. When they locked her, they took everything, they locked her in the home and not want her to go out. Wasn't that was the same situation? I don't even know why I decided to call. I feel like, like you know, there is something about that story. Like she was nobody. Like she was nothing. They couldn't even bother. Give her everything that she needs to make them look good. But instead, in my opinion, that they wanted her to look silly, stupid, not knowing what she's doing. Because they think that, you know, that will only reflect on her, not on them. Look at that Negro. She doesn't know how to curse. How dare she not curse? Look at her. She doesn't know how to sit down. She doesn't know how to do this. She doesn't know how to do that. Because that was their job. To teach her. Knowing that you know what she was an outsider. From what I understand they did it for kids. I understand one day Kate going to be cool. I get it. I get it. I mean this is what it is. Okay fine. But you guys should have make sure this woman was safe. Protect her child. So for me, I don't think it's good enough to say, oh, we're going to deal with it as well. And I know why they say that. Are you guys going to now protect Harry? 
because there is people that's gonna be that's angry very obviously they are mad and they are upset because they talk so I want to know what are you going to do I want to know how what I mean yeah it's a family thing but you guys hold the commonwealth and answer so I want to know what is next so what do you guys think do you guys think that you know what us the public especially the people in UK deserve an apology Certainly, well, I think even more than the apology, I think they, they deserve the truth, right? I think they need to know what truly happened, and I think they, um, they need acceptance. They need the, the royal family to, to be accepting of truly what, what went on and their part in it. I mean, for me, when you just sit back and think, okay, well, you know, how factual is this? What, what, how can I compare you know, previous experience and see if she truly had differing behavior, worse treatment. And I think the simple corollary is Prince Andrew. I mean, he's been in a world of stuff just lately. And having hung out with Epstein and, you know, the the pedophile and everything else, and there's just so much that's going on, yet they've completely, you know, protected this man like he's going out. I mean, th there's literally a, a warrant for his for his arrest, if I'm not mistaken, here in the U.S. Um, they're certainly at. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 literally trying to extradite him into the U.S. for questioning, if nothing else, if not for arrest. But they're not even letting that happen. So they're completely protecting him. So you have this over such a serious set of allegations, and more than just one. He's been going over and hanging out with that guy for a long time. So you have this kind of behavior, which is clearly um, not on the up and up. I mean, it's just absolutely just wretched. And then you have Megan, which they rake over the coals about the fact she eats avocados. Or that, you know, choose your list because she happens to be a divorcee, because she happens to be whatever. But there's all these manufactured things that... Uh, that's brought up about why she's such a terrible person. And she just was not protected whatsoever by the, by the institution, by the firm. And so when you just look at the dichotomy between those two situations, you can clearly see that there's contrasting views and obviously how they are able to protect and how, they're, and how they choose not to. So it would be very difficult for you in that particular situation to say that, okay, there's not, you know, what is the outlying factor here? What is something that's different? It would be that she's not white, and um, and it'd be very difficult to say that you know, especially with the other extenuating circumstances, that race wasn't the predominant cause behind all that behavior and the driving motivation. But but think about it even more. How hypocrite that you know, sort of the press. Are. I mean, his father married a divorcee with two kids. I believe this woman had two kids. 
yes, she had a little hard time because everybody sort of give her a little hard time because they believe that, you know, it was because of her, as we see, you know, in, in, um, in The Crown. And we all know the story. But yet, she was accepted. Well, I think to your last question, <clears throat> I mean, obviously an apology is is more than warranted um, and, the, and the public uh, deserves it and, and especially Meghan and Harry deserve it. But I think even if you take a step back from what would be right and, and what's the right thing to do and just think about it from the press or the royal family's point of view, even if you would take a very cynical view, it still is the right thing to do for them <laughs> to be able to get some sort of credibility back <clears throat> when things are so obviously wrong to be like yeah we messed up yeah this wasn't the right way to go about things yeah we we are sorry it was it wasn't fair it was biased um and to actually come to terms with that fact to be able to move forward because i don't see how for them for either the press or or for the royal family for that matter um how do you move forward without actually addressing the issue at hand? My my issue is is that you know like listening to everyone sort of making you know all that you know I want to know who said what who said about the color color really well that I understand I would have loved to hear exactly who said what. But at the end of the day, it was racist. And this is something that, you know, we know that formed the monarchy in some ways. Yeah, I find it disingenuous for uh, commentators to, to question the context um, that the conversation happened in. Because, I mean, to, whether or not that's even valid to begin with, as a as a as a, uh, a premise in terms of different contexts is potentially justifying a conversation like that and i don't know if that's even the case but harry <laughs> brought it forward and spoke about it in a way that makes it clear that it wasn't some sort of playful context in which it was shared so for you to then question whether or not it was racist um, means you're questioning whether or not you believe harry's being genuine and telling the truth as opposed to anything else right and the, for me maybe it's because that you know I sort of for most of us and we sort of like deal with racism all the time where you kind of like you know sort of put a blind eye and it's kind of like okay whatever or okay you know I'll fight it another day or whatever the case is and not that I'm saying that you know what we should not know or we should not sort of you know um figure why that person whoever how many of them say what they said because it wasn't just like you know they said you know what color is your child going to be or do you think it's going to be dark or do you think it's going to be light what she said was and what I believe Harry said it was a concern that is very different a concern 
What are you concerning about the child color? This is very different. They did not say, oh, somebody talk about, you know, I wonder what your child going to be like. I wonder what color it's going to be. It was several conversations, Megan said. Because they have some concern. And who in the right mind? Not, you know, when the woman is pregnant, five months, I don't know how many months she was pregnant, for you to approach her and tell her, by the way, that child that you're going to have, not wanting that, you know, he's not going to be protected, he's not going to have a title, but he's not going to be protected. I'm challenging anyone who have kids that will stand out, who come, who started talking all the garbage that you're talking about, that you marry into a family that is more often than not will have a hate on their on their head. And then you heard that you know your child. It's not going to be protected, and you're not going to be protected. And tell me, how would you feel? Especially for the kind of hate mail. And you don't have to take my word for it. Just go to Kensington sort of what you know um, website or whatever it is that you know IG or whatever that is, and you could read for yourself. This is a woman that you know what they had called a monkey. Her child, a chimpanzee. And you don't want to protect this woman? You don't want to protect her child? And for me, one of the things that was so painful, but yet, I get it. Because this is what we do as women of color, specifically black women. We're always willing to protect somebody and yet not protecting ourselves. To hear Megan says, I get it. You don't want to protect me. You don't want to protect my child. Please protect my husband. And this is the woman that you know you guys call all sorts of men. I don't get it. So, what is next? What is next? Where do we go from here? If they're not going to apologize, if they are not going to talk about it, Are they going to come to the state and talk to Megan and Harry? Or they're going to have Zoom? Are they going to let us know that they are talking? Well, according to their statement, they're not. And yes, that's unfortunate. It would be good. And I think, um, you know, to the point made earlier, to their own benefit to actually 
invite people into this conversation because it is such an important conversation to they themselves. They have they, they basically now have the burden of proof to, to say that, you know what, you have to prove that you are not racist. So I certainly think that there's going to be some momentum they're going to have to try and dispel and there's going to have to be a way that they're going to have to try and, um, you know, turn this thing around. So we'll see. We'll see. The, the, again, the, the, the royal family is not necessarily known to do that. So, But where is the investigation? Oh, they're too worried about, about bullying, right? <laughs> well, 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 first of all, obviously, I'm going to want to hear the result on that. But more so, where is the, 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 the investigation about? The fact is, is that, you know, this woman went to HR and then was denied. Is there going to be an investigation about that? What do you guys think? I mean, it seems, it seems like it's a, a, an obvious answer that they're not going to do that. They're not going to to do those investigations because at the end of the day what what probably would turn up would not be to their benefit so <clears throat> I don't think we can necessarily expect I don't think we can expect them to do the right thing of their own volition anyway I think there's um, there certainly needs to be in terms of achieving the right end result there certainly needs to be continued public pressure um, and a public eye on what happens uh, to make sure there is some some degree of accountability. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, my bigger concern is the palace is going to do what the palace is going to do. That's just, you know, they've been operating the same way for hundreds of years. So to expect anything different, I think, would be a stretch. But the thing that I, I would find most helpful and I think would be most urgent is actually, you know, how is the press actually going to take, um, you know, take responsibility for their side of this whole matter? I mean, the, the palace wasn't alone in being, uh, you know, being racist towards them. I mean, you mentioned a couple of headlines already. So, and they've obviously, they've won in court. There's, I mean, there's documented proof about, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's so painfully obvious it's silly. But um, that has society, you know, social implications behind it. And I think more important for the people of Britain and just worldwide generally about how, um, you know, how to address the racial overtones um, in today's news and today's media. Because, you know, as your, um, your very moving you know, opening, you know, it, it matters. It has, it has deep implications. Um, for an absolute, you know, enormous amount of people. So I think that, um, I think that's where we should focus our energies because I think that's going to have the biggest ripple effect further down the line. That I think, I think especially to that point, connecting it to the rest of the, the kind of the zeitgeist in terms of people actually starting to wake up. I mean, there's certainly a long way to go. But waking up to what does racism look like today, um, and and for a lot of people, myself included, a, a lot of white people is like it's not just gone. <laughs> no, we as white people we don't grow up experiencing it uh, hitting us in the face every day, and so we don't really think about it. Um, 
but if you take the time and the effort to look outside of your own shoes and listen to people specifically listen to people of color then you realize that it is not gone <laughs> racism is, is alive and well and i think that's one of the things that strikes me listening to some of the commentators talk about the the interview and the allegations and how upset they are about this portrayal of the queen as being a racist and it's kind of like such a lack of nuance and understanding of what does it mean to be racist <clears throat> there's obviously degrees and there are different ways in which that can manifest itself um, and it seems like it just needs to be the moving this forward in terms of um, resolution for for Meghan and Harry just seems like it is a, a ends up needing to be tied into the rest of what we ask ourselves as a society in terms of how are we going to confront our own demons as we closing because we're coming up towards um, closing the show because again it's been very heavy and I hope you guys enjoyed it but I have one more question for you um, George and I know this might be personal and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to answer it that's okay maybe we'll talk about it in the next or another podcast as a white very handsome white male who I think that you know I'm going to the best school and, and, and have so much what do you think white especially white people or especially white men miss What is it that you know they miss about racism? What is it that you know what that's that? The, what is the um? It's obviously there's something that you know what they're not connected with. They, there is a lack of empathy when um, somebody of, of color it says this is my experience. This is how you guys have make me feel. This is what you said, even though you don't realize what it is that you are saying, how that will affecting. But this is, it's almost like there is a lack of empathy. How yeah, that that's conversation a goes? yeah. I think well, it, <laughs> it's definitely it's a subject that definitely warrants a, a, a full episode in in and of itself. But I think to at a high level for me, I, I can't necessarily speak for. All, all white men but for me one of the things that was an important realization was um, that racism is not necessarily um, an active step or uh, thing that someone says uh, or something something that someone does it's not necessarily um, so explicit like that where it's a, an overt action um, and even more frequently it is the, what is happening passively or the things that are not being said or things in, in the tone in which things are said um, and how that all kind of compounds and builds um, it's, it's so much more the structure of someone's life in which each of the touch points of their life with society with other people is changed because of that 
I think people who are not living that, like white people especially, because they're not, that's not something they're experiencing. They're not experiencing those kind of um, people, uh, terms like microaggressions or things, things like that. They're not experiencing that, those subtle things. And so they feel like they reduce racism to being just those more overt, explicit actions. And, and I think at the end of the day, they forget or they don't realize necessarily that it's, it's much more than that. It's much more complex than that. Very interesting, and I hope we're able to talk more about that. But I also would like to ask you, Charles, as a biracial male, why do you think that people or white people miss about being biracial? Oh, well, it's not. Um you know, the things you miss about being biracial is the fact that it's not necessarily just a, a, a white issue. Um, you know, black folks, you know, share some, you know, also have the same thing because you, you, they don't feel you fit neatly in uh, one or the other category. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the South, so, you know, racism was force fed to you from a fire hose. That's just the way that it was. Um, that was life. It was your lifestyle. Um, it was, it was obvious and it was not, um, it was not in any way kind of misconstrued. It was very overt. Um, and so, you know, if you didn't find yourselves in either one of those particular very obvious kind of camps, then, um, people had a hard time trying to figure out like what to do. Um, so it's, uh, you know, and it's tough. And I think that the big thing that, uh, that George was mentioning is the fact that, you know, overall what those, the series of microaggressions are about is, is a structural thing. If you deal with a racist person, while it's annoying, it's, you can move past it. You can move past it. You can, you know, you can move on. There's another place. You can get out of the way. There's another day. Um, but when it's structural, then it's it's you, you can't avoid it. It impacts your entire life through your entire day. All of your experiences are viewed through that lens. And the unique perspective being biracial gives you is that you see both sides. You see how people treat you know, your white parents see how people treat your black parent they'll come back and you know when my mother would take us out there would be a very set of experiences between that and then you know when my father would take us out there would be a very different set of experiences that you would have um, so like all of those things um, came you know always come into play and it's it was never a part, not a part of my experience. I've never known what that's not like. So it's, um, you know, so, but uh, that's just, that's a part of life. So it's something that you just have to kind of uh, get used to, right? And to a sense, almost desensitized from it. But why should we continue to get used to it? Why, what is it going to take for us to break the glass ceiling? 
Well, I think just in terms of what it's actually going to take, I think that it's, it, it is standing up for yourself, right? Just generally speaking. And I think a large portion of what Megan and Harry did is, is to do that, is to, you know, the, the best way to get rid of a bully is to call them a bully, is to confront them. I mean, we saw that today because the bully walked out. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's what you just have to do all the time, right? And it's just, it's through your entire life. I think that's part of Black Lives Matter and everything else is how do you stand up to these things? How do you kind of shine a light um, in order to kind of see the inequity and, 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 and try and, you know, elevate common understanding? Um, the, the biggest problem that I think that we have just generally especially here in the United States, is the assumption that people don't want to be racist. That is false. There are people very, very, very comfortable being racist. They may not want to call themselves that, but they sure like the benefits. And they're not walking away from it. In fact, they'll fight against it. Um... And there's concrete examples all over the place, especially from the last four years. Um, I have felt more racial tension in the past four years than I have since it was like in the 70s. Uh, in the South, mind you. So, um, so yeah, so I think the, the, the big thing that people just need to wrap their head around is that this is not, a, uh, this is not an issue that people see equally, that everyone sees it as being an issue. That you'll have the enlightened few that basically says, okay, well, I need to be better. I can do better. And then you'll have those who are not, who are just very happy to kind of remain the same. And then you'll have to kind of just pull them along and demand it. And um, I think that's something that we as a society have to understand and then see how to deal with kind of moving forward. Um, And the only way to do that is, you know, at least I feel anyway, is through the, the legal means, right? you have to there has to be laws in place to protect you but unfortunately here in the states um, oftentimes those enforcing the law are actually the same persons who are actually inflicting the racism to begin with so we have a lot of we we have a lot of work ahead of us Um, and you know we have to go into it you know clear-eyed in terms of what we can expect and then um, how to best confront it but at the end of the day it needs to be confronted gonna leave it here guys i hope you guys are keep up the fight i hope you guys keep asking the hard questions i hope you guys call someone today tonight and tell them how much you love them how much you care about them and never feel afraid or scared to speak out ask for help and I hope if it's whoever that maybe happened to sort of click on this channel and listening and perhaps maybe have you know suicidal thought or doesn't know doesn't want to live anymore this is too much especially in the internet everything that's going on the kind of bullying that happened every day that you said I need to call somebody. There is help out there. There is light at the end of the tunnel. 
and it will work out and you will come out be stronger for it trust me i've been there so please call your loved one call a friend it doesn't matter if that person is rich it doesn't matter if that person you think is better off than you somehow you have in your head just because they have this they have that that they don't have problem they don't have issues that somehow the immune form sort of pain and hurt or even have mental issues please don't listen to the media that says oh they're rich people oh you know sort of you know there is so much going on right now that you know what why should we be worried and concerned about Meghan and Harry really you guys started it that you guys didn't spend time talking about the virus and everything else that's going on and the hunger and everything people going through you spend daily harass this woman and her husband. And now she finally speaking for herself. Oh, how dare she to come out? How dare she to say that, you know what, sort of she have mental health issues? How dare she? Well, you guys, this is not just Megan and Harry you fighting. You are fighting all of us. And what I mean by all of us, I'm talking about all the kids that were biracial, all the black folks, all the people you guys claim that you are representing, your friends, perhaps your uncle, your nephew, your niece, which you don't talk about. Somehow they are exempt from this. No, they're not. So I hope you guys listen to my voice and you start doing the right thing. And the right thing is, it's having an honest conversation to yourself first. And open. Stop telling us what racism is. Stop telling us. That we are not in pain. That what we see is what I it's not what we see. What we heard, this is not what we heard. Stop it. What we want from you guys, it's an open heart and open ears. So good night. Please subscribe, share, 